I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret. Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer. Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. This is 24, a weekly highlight reel from the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, featuring all things election coverage. Let's get started. Here are Clay and Buck. Dominant win for Donald Trump, DeSantis second, Nikki Haley third, Vivek Ramaswamy fourth, Vivek drops out last night, and now we have a three-way race, although both Buck and myself believe this race is over. Trump is going to be the nominee. The people of Iowa spoke loudly and clearly 30-point win for Donald Trump. Now, this is going to be big. All of you out there, the millions of you in this listening audience, are going to be exposed to the whole truth of the 2024 presidential campaign. We're not just going to play you talking points from the Trump side. We want you to be well-versed in all talking points because it's important for us who believe that Joe Biden must be beaten. Buck is in that camp. I'm in that camp. Virtually every person that is listening to this show right now is in this camp. But you have friends and family who aren't in that camp. You've got an aunt who maybe voted for Trump in 2016 and she flipped and voted for Joe Biden in 2020 because she didn't like Trump's tweets. You've got a son or daughter who refuses to vote for Donald Trump even though they know that Joe Biden is doing an awful job. Every single one of us, a co-worker, uh, a, a, a relative, Every single one of us, a friend, has people in that camp. You don't win comfortably, as we all want to do in 2024, just by speaking to the base. That's what the primary is about. The primary is now, in our opinion, over. Trump is going to be the nominee. How do we make it such that by 11 o'clock Eastern on election night in November... Rachel Maddow is crying on air. How do we make it that Jake Tapper is in tears? That every CNN and MSNBC viewer is distraught and we don't have to wait for 3 a.m. ballot dumps to change anything because the landslide is so clear nothing can change it. Well, you have to penetrate sometimes through what is a cone and isolation an island of dishonesty, which is what's going on at MSNBC and CNN. And most of you probably were not watching MSNBC or CNN last night. Can, Did can you I flip it over at all, Buck? Yeah, yeah well, well I, I certainly was looking. I, I scrolled through Twitter to find their clips. But as a, as a general pro tip, when Republicans are kicking butt on election night, 
turn on CNN. And I know it wasn't against a Democrat, but, you know, they're terrified of Trump. The best viewing experience is to watch all the blood drain from the faces of yes. CNN and MSNBC hosts for their jaws to hit the table for the crying to begin. That's really entertainment. OK, so I want you, though, to be aware of what those people that you're trying to persuade may be seeing. This was MSNBC last night as Donald Trump was preparing to give his victory speech. Listen to what MSNBC's viewers heard from Rachel Maddow. At this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, We will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, We will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, The reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. Buck, they won't even allow Trump to be heard by their audience to make the case for why they should be supporting him. This is this is the reality. I'll point this out. Fox News gets ripped to the high heavens. They carry Joe Biden press briefings and Joe Biden speeches all the time. It's news. Amen. If that's not news... Nothing is news. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not going to say a presidential speech or an election night victory speech doesn't qualify as news, you got to call yourself something else. Become a cooking channel. But if you're not going to cover this stuff, you are not a news organization. But as we all know, MSNBC and CNN haven't been news organizations in a long time. In fact, bringing it back to that, I know I've talked about it too much already, that Brett Stevens op-ed, he brought up that there is no argument against The fact that journalism, you know, sort of major uh, corporate journalism against Trump came out and said, Washington Post, New York Times, that journalism is anti-Trump because the truth is anti-Trump. So this is not even a discussion at this point. So we all know what they're going to do, what they're going to say. Yeah, and I think this is important, too, because this is going to be a major uh, battleground of 2024. The number one thing that should not be censored censored is candidate speech. How can you make a rational decision as a voter for which candidate you're going to support if you aren't able to see the candidate and what the candidate believes? This is the very foundation of democracy itself. Recognize what's going on here. MSNBC is saying the chief political opponent of the sitting president of the United States cannot be seen or heard on their program live making his political arguments. He must be censored for fear of what their viewers might hear. This is, you want to talk about the the, the foundation of, of, of an attack on democracy. You're not even allowing the nominee, presumptive nominee of the Republican Party to be heard on your airwaves making the argument for why he should be the nominee. And by the way, this is not just MSNBC. They at least showed a little bit of it on CNN, but then Jake Tapper cut in right as Trump started to talk about illegal immigration and how he wanted to stop it. Listen. We're going to seal up the border. Because right now we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming into our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucuses. If these numbers hold the biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest, a relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under under my voice, you hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. I mean, look, I'm, I'd say this is they would never do this to a Democrat candidate. Uh, it shows you exactly what the what the move is going to be over. And CNN is now going to pretend like it's gone back toward journalism, but it's actually just going back toward anti-Trumpism. And and it's uh, it's honestly it's I mean, 
if you're going to be a journalist, it is disrespectful, I think, to speak over a candidate giving a victory speech in an American uh, statewide election, right? I mean, I, let, let's let's start establishing some of these ground rules now. Um, and and you know, it's not. I'm not even directing this at any one individual or any one organization. I think that the the rule should be if you're not going to cover a victory speech of an American presidential candidate in a duly constituted election, you're not a news organization and you're not doing journalism. Also to label it anti-immigrant. It's not even just that he stepped onto Trump's speech. Because I could see if you're out there and you're saying, hey, we're only going to cover 10 minutes of the speech, right? And then we're going to go back to analysis, something like that, if it's a relatively uh, evenly applied rule. But he cut him off right as he's making probably the most compelling argument against Biden, which is you look at the data too, Buck. Biden is underwater on a lot of issues. None of them are as bad as the border. And then to label it as an anti-immigrant stance, Trump has been very clear. He wants a big wall with a big gate, right? He wants legal immigration to be able to continue. He just doesn't want illegal immigration to be able to occur. It's not anti-immigrant to be a favor of uh, opposed to illegal immigration. Well, the, the first step, the first game of Democrat propaganda around immigration and the border is always to conflate and just make it hard to talk about in the process. Conflate illegal and legal immigration. He's anti-immigrant. Donald Trump is married to an immigrant and it's yes. not his first one. So and he was praising his mother in law who unfortunately just passed who was also an immigrant. I mean, this right? is a like, little bit so, like when they were saying, you know, Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. I'm like, I mean, his daughter is a convert to Judaism. His son-in-law is Jewish. And those are two of the people that are closest to him in the whole world. And he has the Jewish grandchildren. His Jewish grandchildren and the Israeli people overwhelmingly love Donald Trump. And, you know, in all the polls, when they ask them, what do you think of the American president? And yeah, he's an anti-Semite. I mean, you know, they, look, they'll say anything. They'll say anything. But a perfect, you know what, Clay, actually, can we hold? I, I want to hold this. Joe Scarborough on the say anything side of things, they're going full delusion now. They're they're going full rejection of reality over there on the Scarborough panel about what just happened in Iowa. I, I want to play. We didn't play it yet, right? I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. Let's play it when we let's play it when we come back. Let let's save that one. We'll play the Scarborough. But I, the reason why I play these things and the reason why we share them with you on this show is again, we want you to persuade people. We're in now the persuasion market. Right. It's great if you are out there and you are uh, the most dyed in the wool Trump supporter on the planet and you uh, have done everything you can to elect Trump and you've shown up at 100 rallies like he brought up uh, last night. The, the guy in the, the brick jacket uh, wall man or whatever the guy's name is, he brought him up on the stage, uh, which is a pretty funny element of uh, of that. And by the way, before we go to break, let me play this because because uh, I mentioned it. Here's Trump talking about Melania's mother dying. She is, again, an immigrant. So if you're going to be anti-immigrant, what in the world does that even mean? Listen to this cut seven. I think most importantly, I want to thank my incredible wife, uh, First Lady, I'll say former and maybe future. But more important than Melania, I want to thank her incredible, beautiful mother who passed away a few days ago. And she's up there, way up there. She's looking down, and she's so proud of us. And I just want to say to Amalia, you are special, one of the most special people I've ever known. And uh, that was a tough period of time for the family. But she, uh, she's amazing. She was amazing. So I just want to thank what she's done for our family. Okay, so just a total lie from Jake Tapper. But understand what's going on at CNN and MSNBC and what your friends or family might be seeing and not seeing. You're going to be better informed, I guarantee you, listening to this show for the next 10 months than almost any media outlet out there, certainly way better than anything that's going on at MSNBC. And and, and we're not going to hide anything about Biden or the Democrats or whatever they're doing because people don't necessarily want to hear that, "Uh uh-oh, guys, they're gaining here. Here's this, you know, we want to be as open and transparent about what the other side is. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the Democrat thing is they they can't even air Trump because Trump is so upsetting to their audience. If Democrats are doing something you need to know about, we're going to talk about it here. We're not going to say, oh, let's not talk about the, you know, the stratagems that they're using.
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. You're listening to 24, the year of impact with Clay and Buck. I don't know when the last time was that I would cite, unless it was to make sheer mockery of it, a New York Times opinion column on this show, because generally it's the insurrection. You know, it's it's all the same week after week. It's all the same stuff. It's all the same uh, left wing talking points in 700 word form. But uh, former Republican, I think he's now an independent. I don't know. You know, whatever you got to do to keep jobs at these places that don't allow Republicans, this is what people do now, right? I think technically Joe Scarborough is an independent at MSNBC. Sure he is. Uh, I think Brett Stevens, I, I think he's an independent. I don't know if he's changed from Republican. I That's neither here nor there. He wrote a piece. Now, he is somebody whose job, in my opinion, is to generally try to gently inform the Democrat leftist lunatics about what some people on the right think while always saying, and they're so bad. I mean, the right is just, you know, they're they're really bad, but I'm here to sort of translate right-wing stuff for you. He's written this piece, The Case for Trump by Someone Who Wants Him to Lose. 
And let me, I'll make this I'll make this quick. So I want to get I want to get uh, some of Clay's reaction on this because obviously it goes on for quite some time. The basic case is this: Democrats just don't believe that this is happening. But he says, and this is this is a line directly from the piece. Hold on a second. Where did? Of course, now my computer is frozen. Um, but he says that unless there's some kind of a miracle, Donald Trump is going to win. He says, barring a political mural or an act of God, a miracle or an act of God, it is overwhelmingly likely Donald Trump will again be the Republican Party's nominee for president. So he's saying, look, Trump's going to win the GOP nomination. This is this is Brett Stevens, who is sort of sort of a Republican, I think. I don't know, whatever. But he says this play and this is I, I think this analysis is in general spot on, although he has to soft pedal it a little bit with like, I know there's bad things about Trump. He says the single most important geopolitical fact of the last century, this is point one, is the migration of people from south to north and east to west, causing tectonic, demographic, cultural, economic, and political shifts. This is Stevens writing. Trump gets this. So on mass illegal immigration, Trump is right. The elites are out of their minds. Point two, when liberal elites insist things are going well, you look at all the data, it's going well for them. It's not going well for the whole middle section of the country. I don't mean that geographically. I mean that economically. The middle class that Democrats pretend to care about. Trump's right about that. And point three, institutions have failed. He is right about the failure of the CDC, failure of the FBI, failure of the CIA, failure of the media and journalism. And he's saying leftists, uh, Democrats, he doesn't say, call them leftists, obviously, but Clay he says if Democrats don't wake up to these realities, they may wake up to an even more terrifying reality right after Election Day. So he's diagnosing the problem, which is that Democrat Party is living in a delusion. They're wrong on these things and Trump is right on these things. Yeah, and, and I thought it was an interesting piece because not necessarily for you and me and some of our uh, listenership out there who might have read it, but I try to think about what the New York Times readership would think of this, which is why, to your point, he has to catch this as the headline is, I'm not supporting Trump, but he, what's the headline again? It's even an interesting way that you have to almost be able to have this conversation with their audience well, but this is what i mean this is why it's yeah. so interesting you're right i mean he's the case for trump by someone who wants him to lose and so yes. i'm i'm sifting through everything he's like look look yes is trump a vulgarian and you know election denier but he's kind of totally right about immigration and you guys need to wake up and yes is he mean about fauci or whatever or, you know that's a whole other conversation but is he mean about some of our institutions but he's right about them, and you guys need to wake up. Like, I, I think he's preparing the Democrats for the reality that they're in for a whole heck of a lot tougher fight in this election than they anticipated. All this legal crap is not, all the legal assault stuff they're doing is not working. No, and, and, and I think that a lot of them still haven't recognized it, which is why you have to talk to them as if they are very misinformed and uninformed. And and I think this is important in general as you think about the way that the 2024 election is going to be covered. It is impossible for everyone out there listening to us right now not to be immersed in Democrat Party talking points because the overall media leans so far to the left that even if you are a dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporter, or Ron DeSantis, or Nikki Haley, or Vivek Ramaswamy, whomever you're going to go support today in Iowa and in the future primaries in your state, even the talking points of people on the right who are running for president are very cognizant of all the arguments that are being made on the left. The left is not very knowledgeable about what's actually said on the right because they're dominant in so many different aspects of the media industry that they don't even pay attention to the arguments that are coming from the right i i, I think about this buck uh when and, and we talked about this a little bit but it happened in sports last week when aaron Rodgers went on espn and just basically castigated dr fauci and everyone else who had ridiculed him for not getting the covid shot and talked about the fact that it didn't work and that meaning the COVID shot didn't work and that all the boosters are worthless by and large and that it had not fulfilled the expectation. 
and you could hear left-wingers' brains exploding because they aren't ever exposed to those arguments. And so it's considered to be, uh, in, and you know this because you lived in New York City, but there's a certain willful blindness to endorsing the Democrat Party arguments. You don't even bother engaging with the arguments of the other side and explaining why they are wrong. You just know that your side is right because they believe in science and they believe in democracy and you never actually are forced to examine why someone else might believe the other side. And so you have a one-way argument. I would argue that's what made Gavin Newsom so flabby in the argument, the debate that he had with Ron DeSantis because people on the left aren't ever forced to engage with the arguments of the right, whereas the right is forced to constantly engage in the arguments of the left. So our, our, our rhetorical skills are way more refined. I really believe that. Well, this is why college Republicans, you know, you see these kids sometimes they'll even pop up on, on TV. They'll be like a senior at, you know, name some college somewhere, senior at Hillsdale College. And they appear on TV with with the polish of a professional broadcaster. And it's because they've spent the last, you know, eight years of their life, basically, arguing with high school teachers and college professors and and getting good at it. Whereas a lot of liberals, even elite schools are, you're a racist. You know, they how often does that happen to you, Buck, where you get into a conversation with somebody who's a little bit left leaning and you share something that is fact and they just have no idea it ever existed. Like oh, I, I love when they when they the stutter with the or you know they they they're they're stumped with something like well I I need to go I need to go check on that you know they're like they don't accept your facts I've I've come across that a lot although I try not to talk social stuff uh, or p- political stuff at social settings um, unless I'm where I was like this past weekend where everyone's you know uh, Navy or Marine and they're all they're all on board for America that was a lot of fun I'll talk about that later um, but Clay the the interesting thing to me is in this in this Brett Stevens piece. It is it is trying to sort of slowly open the eyes of the Democrats who I, I think have been led to believe. And this could all change, but led, led to believe at this point, we don't even have to make the case for Biden or even make it against Trump. The Justice Department's going to do it for us. The prosecutors are going to finish this off. It's looking less and less likely that that's going to happen. And I think Stevens as a service to Democrats who are the readership, you know, the, I mean, I, I mean, you and I subscribe to the Times so we can see what the enemy thinks. And the but, Washington Post, by the way. And, so I'm, of course. I, yes. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I'm reading these things all the time. I'm like, oh, look, it's Paul Krugman again. Uh, he's going to say something that's wrong. Um, but the truth is, if the Democrats do not wake, and what, by the way, this would be true of, of DeSantis or Haley as well, if they were the nominee, but this. I'm just going to shout at the Republican and say that he's a racist for pointing out the problems at the border. It's it's going to lose that. That's actually a losing argument in America today. All the polls show it. All the data shows it. And the Democrat Party has a major, major challenge. And then the other thing about the improvement of life or things going great, because there are a lot of Democrats, especially along the coast, who've got plenty of money, who think things are going great. Senator, the country doesn't feel that way. And particularly um, white, non-college educated, working class voters do not feel that way. And they are a key constituency in some of the and some of the swing states. Yeah. And the thing that I thought that Brett Stevens got particularly right was Trump nailing the issue with if we don't have a border, we're not a nation. And as you see the mayors of Chicago and New York and Washington, D.C. and even Denver recently all begging for the flow of migrants to stop. Did you see J.B. Pritzker on, uh, I think it was oh, yes. uh, ABC this week, and we may have that audio that we'll play for you later in the in the hour or next hour, where he basically implored the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, please stop sending people to Chicago. We don't have the ability to handle them anymore. And this is very important for everybody out there. All of these cities are getting a pinprick of what Texas deals with on a daily basis. And so what Greg Abbott has proven is the flawed system here of, oh, we can't have border security that Trump basically ran on in 15. He was 100% right. And, and importantly, Buck, he said a lot of things that even Joe Biden himself said about border, border security back in like 2008, 2009. One of the big issues in American politics today, I would say in general, is somebody can have the right idea. And if they're from the opposing party, 
it automatically gets opposed just because the reflexive response is that person couldn't have a good idea. We have to be opposed to it. The border wall was not very controversial in 2007. Like the, it certainly wasn't considered racist there, there, in there 2007 a, and 2008. There was a bipartisan secure fence act and John McCain was actually running ads back when he was the nominee talking about build the dang fence. That's that yeah. was the quote. You remember that? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, but, but they were just pretending is the point. They weren't actually going to build it. It was just little pieces here and there. But the fact that that somehow became categorized as racist, and we need to talk about this with the Fannie Willis uh, uh, audio, the fact that she claimed, I think that, that that's racist. That argument has really collapsed. Even, even on the left, I don't see it having the same cogency that it's had in years past. I think the racism card, so to speak, has really started to collapse. And you've seen it, right? Biden tried to go down to Charleston and argue, hey, you know, they're they're racist, Republicans, all these things. I, I think it's increasingly getting harder and harder for even Democrats to make that argument. I think it's collapsing. You're listening to 24, the most important year in politics with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Trump now has two contenders remaining in this race. Ron DeSantis, who both you and me believe is the best governor in the country. He got everything right on COVID, but the Republican electorate did not respond to him in, a, in Iowa. And Nikki Haley, who is uh, been out of office for a while, but basically is staking her claim on, I'm going to win New Hampshire or be close, and then I'm going to win South Carolina. So I want to I want to give you a thesis. I want to see how you would analyze this. Nikki Haley staying in the race makes sense to me. Because Nikki Haley would love to be vice president. She won't deny that she would take it. Trump seems to be flirting with the idea a bit in that he has not totally dismissed it. Uh and she still thinks she can win New Hampshire and she is holding out hope that she can make a play in South Carolina. So I don't buy the logic of Nikki Haley's campaign, but I understand it. Okay, let's talk about Ron DeSantis. Right now, poll came out from the Boston Globe and Suffolk University, I believe, this morning. Donald Trump, 50%. Nikki Haley, 34%. Ron DeSantis, 5%. Now, there's still around 10% of people who are undecided and people can shift and there can be Republicans come in, there can be independents come in. If I were advising DeSantis right now, I think you and I both agree, Buck, that DeSantis does not want to be vice president. I don't think that DeSantis wants anything to do with any kind of cabinet position. I think he believes governor of Florida is a bigger and more prestigious deal. Okay, And by the way, you guys can react out there, 800-282-2882. It seems to me that the best way for DeSantis to maintain his political viability going forward on a national scale is to kick ass as governor for the remaining two years of his term and then run for the presidency again, potentially if he wants to do it, in the 2028 cycle. And if he endorses Trump and becomes a good soldier and says, hey, it is important that Trump beat Biden, certainly a lot of you out there would have preferred DeSantis. Yeah. But what? basically analyze this. Do you agree with... I, I can't figure... Nikki Haley makes sense to me. I can't figure out the DeSantis plan, Buck, unless it is, hey, there's going to be lawfare... Something's going to happen in the court system. The Supreme Court's going to do something, right. and I'm just going to stay in and wait and see if that happens. So the thing about that last option is we know that, Ron, I mean, that can't be the official strategy, right? Can't be Meaning explicitly you, you're, said. You're never going to have anyone who says, hey, Ron's staying in this thing just in case the Democrats' dirty tricks end up working you know, much better than anticipated, right? So yes. that's one possibility there. Um, that that it's really ab about sorry if anyone <laughs> Ginger's being no crazy one is today, kidnapped folks. no one is kidnapped it's a puppy uh, she's usually so quiet she sits under the desk during the show most days uh, I don't know how many of you have raised a puppy recently but you know she's decided that she's been good for too long so anyway back to the so now she's being naughty back to the news uh, here's what I, here's what I think the the challenge for DeSantis in terms of the timing here Wall Street Journal do we mention they've called on him to drop. Yes. Um, so there are 
there are a whole slew of Ted people. Cruz, by the way, we'll play that audio, came yeah. out and endorsed. He, I mean, a lot of his people work in the DeSantis campaign, so that's not insignificant. Said he should he, drop out. He has formally endorsed Donald Trump and said that that uh, that DeSantis should drop out. CNN is no longer even holding a primary debate in New Hampshire because DeSantis right now is the only one who has accepted the invitation. Think about that. So DeSantis, to his credit, uh, he's willing to talk and, and debate. I give credit to DeSantis for that. And and the, the truth of the matter is, for DeSantis, I, I, first of all, I would tell CNN, look, I should be able to get a town hall out of this, right? Like, if I'm willing to show up, you know, I'm not canceling the dinner date. You guys should make good on this. Um, Nikki Haley is staying in it because there's no downside for Nikki Haley. She's not in office, right? So it's not like she has some other job to go back to. Um, Haley is tied with Trump in New Hampshire. And for her, uh, the... The fees for speaking and for ghostwritten books, etc., just go up if she wins New Hampshire. So as a brand proposition, as a brand proposition, Nikki Haley, I think, continues on, certainly through New Hampshire. The question is, does she stop before South Carolina? The because logic that may makes be sense to Nikki Haley. We yeah. agree on that. I'm just trying to work through if you're and I'm curious if you guys have have thought processes on this as well. And I'm missing something on DeSantis. When the poll comes out this morning and it says that he has 5% of the support in New Hampshire, unless this is the worst poll ever, and remember, all of the Iowa polls ended up correct, right? Everybody out there who was saying, oh, the polls are rigged, they don't make sense. Iowa polls, nearly identical to what the final results were. So DeSantis is going to have to fight tooth and nail to get to double digits at all and be nowhere near Haley or Trump. What is the game plan here? I mean, I, the only thing I can think is that they are believing that some lawfare may happen and they're not going to drop out as a result in the event that something chaotic well, happens there. I, we have to remember that there's there's what's what's sensible in this campaign, what's sensible for their long-term political viability, their political brand, if you will. And then there's also that thing that, it's hard to judge, but critical to keep in mind ego and the desire to keep going and the desire to stay in the fight, even when it's looking like you have no chance to win. Um, and and I think right now for the DeSantis team and for Nikki Haley, uh, well, Nikki Haley, we've already discussed. It's clear why she's staying in. I'll also say it's funny that Vivek. So I think it was last summer saying Vivek is basically in the race. Um, in order to provide additional air cover for Trump's campaign by stopping attention from focusing on the people that actually want to be president instead of Trump, namely uh, DeSantis and Haley. And, I mean, Vivek got told he wasn't MAGA, and a day later Trump says, this guy's awesome, he's going to have a big role in my campaign. <laughs> and he drops out of New Hampshire. <laughs> This yeah. is exactly what we said was going to happen, that he's running as an adjunct of the Trump campaign. Yeah. Everyone's kind of talked about, oh, he ran such a great campaign. Look, we technically speaking, in terms of his skill and his understanding of the media and his his uh, eloquence, um, whether you whether you believe it is all intended or uh, or not, I mean, or it is all, uh, you know, earnest, I should say, or not um, his eloquence and all that. Yes, that's exceptional. But he dropped out after the first contest and endorsed Trump right away, uh, which is essentially what you would have assumed he would do six months ago. Right. So there's really not much. And he finished last in Iowa. So there, I don't think there's any surprise with any of that. Peron, I, you know, no one I don't think anyone's going to remember the prime. Like, this is the other part of this, too. We're so focused in on this right now. Is anyone even going to remember how Ron does in this primary in the next presidential election cycle? I don't think so. I don't donors know. might. Donors might. If you gave a hundred million dollars uh, of money to Ron DeSantis and he lost by thirty in Iowa and then he lost by forty in New Hampshire, it might make you less uh, excited to donate in twenty eight. Whereas, if you, yeah, I was going to say, if, I mean, if you wrote a check for ten million dollars to a Ron Super PAC, let's just say, don't get any ideas. Uh, but if you did that. <laughs> um, what would you want him to do at this point, though? Would you want him to run through the tape, even though he's uh, a lap behind the uh, the next, fin you know, the, so the first place? Let me just or? say this. If I had a billion dollars, 
I would have given Ron DeSantis $10 million because he got everything right on COVID. And I'm, I'm saying if I had a billion dollars, because I think you should reward politicians who get things right. And nobody got more right on COVID. And I was thinking about this some uh, this morning as I was getting ready, Buck. You and I are both super frustrated that there's been no reckoning on COVID. And I jotted down a note to myself. Why is that? Right? Like, why did Kentucky reelect a COVID tyrant in a red state? Andy Bashir gets reelected. My theory is... 25% of people got COVID right. That is, we shouldn't have locked down, shouldn't have shut down schools, shouldn't have worn masks. You and me were in that camp. But we were a minority, and we got ripped to the high heavens for years over all that perspective. And there are a lot of people listening to us right now that are in that camp. 50% of people are ashamed now because they just went along with the ascendant uh, mob, and they pretended that wearing masks mattered, and they, they, they did the social distancing, and they now know it's not true but they don't want to examine their cowardice and acknowledge that they got everything wrong because in the back of their mind, they knew it made no sense. And then 25% are Fauciites, and they're not going to ever acknowledge that they were wrong. And that actually makes some sense to me because it explains why there isn't a majority that has been willing to rain down holy hell on all these imbeciles who got everything wrong. And I think a big part of Ron DeSantis' campaign as you go back and look at it retrospectively, let's pretend that there were never any charges that were brought against Trump. I think that would have changed things. But I don't think that you and me, and I think a lot of the DeSantis people, we wanted reckonings for COVID. And most people were just like, I want to pretend that never happened. And there are no consequences. And I find that incredibly unfulfilling. And I know you do because you got ripped to the high heavens. I bet the DeSantis team is furious over this because they got ripped to the high heavens and they got everything right and people just didn't care. They wanted to turn the page and it wasn't a focus. And as a result, being right, it mattered in Florida for the state election because everybody knew, but most of the nation just wants to pretend COVID never happened now. Well, I also think that people focus on the problems that they have, not the problems that they used to have. Well, and that's uh, that's and, a good and, point, too. You know, and that's we, we have to deal with that reality a little bit here because, um, you know, the, the reckoning didn't come. And so now to continue to sit here and and focus in on that when we have the worst. I want to play that Jamie Dimon clip, the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase on the border. Very influential people. if people don't know who he is. Super influential in the uh, in Yeah, the one of the most powerful scene. bankers yeah. and fin finance voices in the world. Okay, so yes. whether you care about his opinions or not, uh, Wall Street certainly does. And he's saying that all of, and you'll, by the way, you'll like what he says, everyone, when you hear at least this one clip we're going to play because he's spot on. It's totally true. Um, you know, the country has a lot of problems right now and COVID isn't one of them. And so I understand why at some, there was a time when I, when, you know, I sat here and I was legitimately like, I wouldn't say pulling my hair out. That would be hasty, but I was legitimately very upset about the lack of a uh, reckoning. But I think now we're at the point where we've made our case. We've said our piece, we've done what we can. And a lot of people just feel like, Hey, can we fix the economy, the border and make sure we don't get into a forever war in the middle East with Iran or get more extended into Ukraine. And so I get that, right? That's that's now something that I think a lot of the, we were right on COVID and Clay and I are high-fiving each other on this, right on COVID. Um, there's other challenges to face. And and I think that's why Trump is uh, is dialed in and, and a few of his, well, I don't really know if they're competitors anymore, but some of the other challengers in the uh, in the race are also looking at the here and now. So I, I, can, I can make sense of that. I, I don't necessarily agree, but I see it. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. 
Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. You're listening to 24, the year of impact with Clay and Buck. Caroline Levitt, who is a New Hampshireite. We have learned that that is how you define someone from New Hampshire over the course of this show. After much uh, error in ways, I think probably would be fair to say. Uh, Caroline, how is the weather in New Hampshire? We know it was brutal in Iowa. And what do you expect turnout to look like on Tuesday and for people out there who've never been through the primary season, you grew up here. What is it like when it comes to the New Hampshire primary for residents of New Hampshire? <laughs> well, first of all, um, the weather here compared to Iowa is a treat. In fact, some of our Team Trump ground staff uh, from Iowa has joined us here in New Hampshire to ensure another big victory. And they're saying they feel like they're on vacation. Uh, but it is still cold. It's like 30 degrees. Uh, but that's not stopping the enthusiasm on the ground. I'm calling you live, actually, from the Trump campaign headquarters, where we are making sure that uh, Republicans across the state, in common sense, independents who are in fact allowed to vote in our primary on Tuesday, get out and vote for President Trump. We've made hundreds of thousands of direct voter contacts across the entire state. We got door knockers on the ground. We have 250 town captains deploying their armies in their respective towns. Um, So we are feeling very confident that President Trump remains in a good position to win on Tuesday. And I'll tell you, uh, Clay, uh, since you asked, being from New Hampshire, this first of the nation primary week is really so special. I actually just got lunch with someone from the team uh, in, a, in a local diner here in Manchester, New Hampshire, and our waitress had a 45 times two uh, shirt on. So she was ready for the primary. I talked to a great couple guys in Dunkin' Donuts this morning uh, who were telling me they'll be at the rally in Concord tonight for President Trump. So it, you can feel a buzz of excitement in the air. The media ascends on this state, uh, and it's a lot of fun for the voters here, and they take their jobs seriously at electing the next president of the United States. Hey, Caroline, it's Buck. Uh, can you tell everybody, we see some of these reports and, and the trying to explain what the rules are in New Hampshire and how it might make things a little bit different than they may expect in terms of who can vote independence, like 
you can register the same day as something else. Well, what what are the specifics of how the New Hampshire primary is going down this year that people should be aware of about who's eligible and how they can vote? Yes, I'm glad you asked. So we have a semi-open primary system. So it's a little bit unique uh, from other states that just have a regular open primary. The way it works that is registered Republicans, of course, can vote uh, in the Republican presidential primary on Tuesday. Unaffiliated voters, a.k.a. independents, whichever you choose to call them, those words are synonymous here, uh, unaffiliated slash independents are also allowed to vote in the primary. Now, voters in New Hampshire had a chance to switch their party affiliation. That deadline was October the 6th, so that deadline has passed. However, we do know, based on the data from our Secretary of State, that 3,000 Democrats did, in fact, switch their party affiliation to be unregistered voters. Uh, And we know for a fact that Nikki Haley's campaign and also our Governor Kristen Nunu, who's been uh, touting around with Nikki Haley in our state of the past couple of weeks, have really been focused on getting those Democrats, really, uh, to get out and to vote in our primary on Tuesday. So what we are saying from Team Trump is if you are a registered Republican in this state, you better get your butt to the polls on Tuesday and vote uh, for the man who will deliver on his promises as he did before. Uh, and if you are an unaffiliated voter, yes, you can still go to the polls choose wisely you know again choose the candidate who's going to secure the border rebuild the economy reinvest in our energy we have some of the highest energy cost utility bills of any state in this country thanks to joe biden's war on our energy it wasn't that way a few short years ago um so unregistered voters can get out and vote on tuesday of course registered republicans we encourage to get out as well Uh, but nikki haley is harping on the fact that she wants those former Democrats to get out and vote for her. And that tells you everything you need to know about her and where she stands on the key issues. Caroline, for people who don't know you, we've had you on the show a bunch. You ran for Congress. I think you're now 27 years old. You might still only be 26. Super young. Uh, tell people about your background. And you got this uh, this new job uh, after we'd already booked you. I want to say congrats. You're now the national press secretary for the Trump campaign. But for well, people can I say there, we, yeah. we were we were early believers yes. here because we were trying to help Caroline be the youngest uh, to ever win in the state of New Hampshire a congressional seat. I think you actually would have been the youngest member of Congress of all time. So I'm just yeah. saying some of us some of us saw talent <laughs> early, Caroline. Yes, that is right. And I appreciate it, you guys, very much for always having me on the show. It's a pleasure. And I will tell you, I I speak to a lot of great folks here in New Hampshire who listen to you guys often. But I did run for Congress in 2022. We had a huge primary victory uh, and then unfortunately fell short in the general election. But, hey, uh, one door closes, another one opens. Now I'm, I'm just so honored and thrilled to be part of President Trump's team. And I started the job officially. My first full day was Tuesday. Uh, and it actually happened to be the day that President Trump hosted his uh, first rally of the primary week post-Iowa. And it was in my great hometown, the town of Atkinson, New Hampshire, a tiny farm town of 2,000 people. So uh, it was a serendipitous full circle moment for sure. And I'm just very excited. You know, I, I did start my career in politics at the White House working for President Trump and then decided, of course, to run for Congress after Joe Biden uh, was installed in the White House. And I saw the destruction happening to our country very quickly. So it's an honor to be uh, on the Trump team for this just historic election that we have coming up. And, you know, there's so much talk about this primary, as there should be. Republicans need to get out and make their voices heard. We also got to keep our eyes on the ball focused on November because we cannot afford four more years of Sleepy Joe uh, calling the shots in the White House if he's even calling them at all. <laughs> uh, Caroline, is this the first primary that you will be involved with when Bill Belichick was not the coach of the New England Patriots? <laughs> and if so, how is that brutal reality setting in for all of the New England Patriot fans as primary day gets closer and closer? <laughs> you know, I tend to be one of those Patriots fans lifelong, okay? And since you mentioned I'm in my mid-20s, that is true. So I have never really known a losing Patriots team. I've grown up here my whole life uh, just thinking that we're going to make it to the Super Bowl every season, and many of seasons that came true. But I'm of the camp that I think 
Bill Belichick was nothing without Tom Brady. He never would have been without Tom Brady. Um, I love Tom Brady. I think he's great. He's also a big fan of President Trump, too, so that's a plus. But uh, it has been sad news in New England to see Belichick gone because now it truly feels like Patriots dynasty is over. And uh, that's about as hard as news as one New Englander can take. So it's been a couple of depressing weeks. Uh, we'll have to see what comes next for our great Patriots. So... Back to politics, if I can, for a second. Although for a moment there, I thought you were going to tell us that Tom Brady's a huge Klan Buck fan. So I got very excited. That would have been nice. That would be nice to hear. Yeah. Apparently he's a big I'm Trump sure fan, which sure that's the next, the next best thing. Yeah. <laughs> ask him. The next best thing is to be a, a Klan Buck fan or, or to be a Trump fan. Um, so you guys look like you're going to, you're going to run the table here. Um, looking good in New Hampshire. And elsewhere, I mean, the numbers are the numbers. We're all familiar with them. You're probably more familiar with it than pretty much anybody else. Uh, at, at this point, is Trump just, is it a message of unity and it's all over? I mean, is, is he, can you speak on his behalf to say that he welcomes any Republicans, independents, or even former Democrats into the tent now? Of course. We need to unite. And as President Trump said in his speech two nights ago in New Hampshire, the, the greatest unifier in this country will be success. And there's been so much chaos and division uh, because of Joe Biden's policies. But also, you know, he, he, he campaigned as being a unifier in chief. He's been anything but that. He, his administration is steadfast on di- dividing Americans based on race and gender, religion, creed, whatever it is. And President Trump said it the other night, success will be the greatest unifier in this country. And that's all the man wants to do is bring success back to America. He said it the other night. He wants to make America rich as hell again. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Who could disagree with that? He wants to keep our borders secure. He wants to make sure our police are funded. He wants to bring peace back to the world stage. As you guys know well, Joe Biden's weakness is barreling us into a World War III. And so I think that's a unifying message uh, that will exceed through this primary into the general election. So, yes, it is time to unify. Uh, absolutely. There are still two other Republicans in this race, though, who have refused really to take a hard look in the mirror and see this for what it is. Neither of them have a practical pathway to the nomination. And, you know, there's been this spotlight shown on by the mainstream media in the last few weeks on Nikki Haley. Uh, and the truth is she cannot be trusted on the issues that matter. She is more of a liberal than she is conservative. She's made egregious statements on the border. She supports amnesty. She's for uh, open borders. She said that illegal immigrants in many cases are more patriotic than hardworking Americans. I mean, that's insulting to so many hardworking Americans who feel ripped off by the open border policies of the Biden administration right now. So I think as more and more people come to understand Nikki Haley for who she truly is, uh, her chances are diminishing. And if she chooses to not drop out, after another devastating loss in New Hampshire, I think you'll see her political death certificate will be signed in her own home state of South Carolina. And so, uh, you know, it's time for Republicans to unify. I realize President Trump's the presumptive nominee. And again, we have a real hard fight on our on our hands in November that we need to win. And President Trump is the man for the job. Caroline, uh, thanks for joining us on the way out. Report from the New York Times that Tim Scott is going to be at tonight's rally in New Hampshire endorsing Donald Trump. Do you think that's true? <laughs> I will tell you this. I have been bombarded at the Trump campaign headquarters in the last couple of hours, so I can't confirm whether that is true or not. But as I just said, we welcome all people uh, to tr- Team Trump. Uh, so that would be in great news if it is, in fact, true. If you hear the clapping behind me, that's actually our Team Trump headquarters clapping for Senator J.D. Vance, who just arrived. He's here something for the president. We have Elise Stefanik coming in tomorrow. So uh, we welcome any and all people who want to join the Trump train all the way to November. Get your get yourself up here to New Hampshire uh, and let's go win. I think there'll be a special guest there tonight. I'm just saying. Maybe not J.D. Vance, maybe not Elise, maybe somebody else. Uh Thank you for hanging out with us, Caroline. Tell J.D. and Elise we said hi, and thanks for coming on the show in the past. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to the Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. He sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, and he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. 
Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave Major Turnbull a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.